This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Melanie Wise. I'm the Senior Director of Outreach here at Mercy. I am Brooke Keels, and I am the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy here at Mercy. Hey, and I am Rachel Thomas, and I am the Podcast Coordinator and Content Specialist here. And we're so excited for this conversation, and we wish we would have recorded the conversation before <laughs> this conversation, <laughs> because there is so much to dig into today for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking attachment. And if you're coming into this going, you know, from maybe the more clinical side or your counselor or whatnot, and you go, Oh yeah, I, this, this is totally, you know, my world, this makes sense. Um, then great. Like we're so excited that you're here. If you are jumping into this, you know, boat and you're like attachment, like the way I cling to my people, like what? Well, maybe, kind of, <laughs> but we're glad you're here too, because this is a conversation that is going to be a really helpful tool in your toolbox to be able to understand yourself better, to be able to understand your relationships better, and just the way that you interact with people in the world. And so as we kind of dive into this, uh, we have been utilizing several books, but one in particular is called Attachments. Um, and it's Why You Love, Act, and Feel the Way You Do by Tim Clinton and Dr. Gary Sisby. I'm going to go with Sisby. Um, sorry, Gary, yeah. that's wrong. Um, but it has just been schooling me, y'all, like all the way, <laughs> all the way home. And so, Brooke, do you mind, because you actually are extremely familiar with attachment, um, and this is, is not, you know, anything new to you. Would you kind of just break down, like, what the over-ideal idea is of attachment for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, and look, I would just want to say like, this is not, I mean, this is something I use in my everyday, you know, yeah. but attachment itself, as we dive into it, people are going to be like, oh, okay. You know, but it That's may good. be things they've never thought of before, but they're living it out every day. So mm -hmm. if you're like, I don't know if I care, you do. I promise. <laughs> so yes. it will be, will be helpful. Stick with us. Yes. That's right. And so, and, and, and I know Rachel will talk, we'll reference some other books as well, but they're, they're really great books. Most of them cover, I just want to say like, um, parents, like parental attachment, because obviously that's a big piece of it. We are mammals and we are made to attach to that which has given us birth. Okay. <laughs> so we connect with our parents, um, we attach to them and it matters to us what that relationship is like. So if it's healthy, unhealthy, or if it's just, you know, different, whatever that is, like it affects how we are. Um, but most of the books are about parental attachments the, or intimacy. So uh, romantic relationships. Um, but we're going to talk about kind of all of the things because your parental attachments are your kind of first information, your first way to know how to attach. But you have a lot of other social experiences that will you know, connect in different ways. So like we were talking about earlier, you may have really great attachment to parents, but romantic partners, things got weird. And you're like, this isn't that great, you know, or with, uh, you know, acquaintances or, or friend relationships. And so just because you're, you know, good in one way doesn't mean that others are good. And, and that's actually really a cool thing to how you get to know yourself and the experiences you've had. 
Um, and, you know, also know that your attachment style can change. So as you become healthier, you're going to shift towards secure. Um, so I know I shared with y'all that mine used to not be all that great. <laughs> I've really done a lot of work to make sure it is, but I experience different people different ways. We all do. Um, so anyway, so that's kind of just an overarching thing, but I'm going to touch on each style really quickly. Um, and I think, and can we put, I think we can put this in the show notes. So if you're just really interested in this diagram, we can add it in there. Is that right, yeah. Rachel? Yeah, we can do that. I don't know. Yeah. I hear people say that on podcasts. I feel like we can do that. We got the power. We can do that. We have show notes. Okay. <laughs> you're good. Um, yeah, we, do. <laughs> we do now. All right. So, um, so the styles, I'm going to do it on those that are, um, have high self-esteem or self-confident first. So what you have is kind of the healthiest attachment is going to be secure attachment. And these are people that are comfortable with intimacy and autonomy and close relationships. They're self-confident and they resolve conflict constructively. Um, the next one that's self-confident but not as healthy is going to be dismissing or dismissive avoidant. And these compulsively, they're compulsively self-reliant. Um, they're pretty distant in relationships. They downplay the importance of intimate relationships, you know, so it's very much like, I'm good. I don't need you. If there's an issue, that's your fault, not mine. Um, so just as a full disclosure, that was me. Um, so <laughs> heads up. Don't um, worry, we'll all say ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we dig into the, you know, the other shows about conflict and that sort of thing, it will make more sense. Um, and so on the, um, kind of anxious side or the um, not high self-esteem side, low self-esteem side, I guess, would be preoccupied. And these these people are overly invested and involved in close relationships, but they're dependent on others for their self-worth. Um, they can be needy, demanding, um, and, and they usually pursue a relationship. But here's the thing, they tend to pursue it so that it makes them feel better. Okay, so the need is like, I need there may be an insecurity with like, I need you to tell me that I'm great, or I need you to compliment me, or I need you to do all that, but it kind of tries to fill a never-ending void in mm -hmm. their soul, if you will, um, and then fearful is going to, are going to be those that are dependent on others, but they avoid intimacy due to fear of rejection. Um, they're definitely on the low self-esteem side, and they have high attachment anxiety. They just kind of need everybody to be okay, right? Um, yeah. And so anyway, that's just like a really um, short overview. Uh, one other thing that might be kind of interesting is to know that those that are secure and preoccupied are going to pursue relationships and seek others out. Those that are dismissive and fearful are going to tend to avoid intimacy. Mm. So mm -hmm. you can write your little diagram out as you listen <laughs> to this yes. um, or check the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have yeah. that in there. So yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that's a pretty general overview. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I mean, you know, as we've been, I, I was joking before we started recording today that I remember goodness, almost two years ago when I was pregnant with our first child. And I remember <laughs> I was probably only weeks away from giving birth. And I remember I told Brooke, Brooke, I don't know if, like, I think we were on a trip and I was like, Brooke, I don't know about attachments and I feel like it's really important and I need to know all the things about attachments because I'm about to have a kid and and I just I was thinking right about now, that honey, and kind right of now. laughing <laughs> yeah yeah like right now I need you to tell me everything I need to ever know about attachments but 
I've had this book, the book that we, you know, have been kind of using as a reference. I've owned this book for years and never cracked it open. Uh, so this has just been kind of one of those topics that I've always wanted to learn more about. And as I was, you know, as I was kind of looking into some of it and reading about it, I just thought, man, this reminds me so much of just kind of what we always talk about here at Mercy, this like idea that, you know, the things that we even in our adulthood, struggle with and wrestle with, they've got roots from way, 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 way back. I was like, even yeah. when I was reading in this book about how that first year of life uh -huh. is like so significant, yes. you know, for, the, for what, and I just thought, man, the fact that some of the things that we're struggling with today could have roots even back to like potentially our first year of life, you know, it just was, this very oh. sobering reality. Yes. Just to add, we now have connected attachment to in utero. Okay, so oh. yeah, don't worry, guys. Yeah. You should be stressed out the moment yeah. you find out you pregnant. have conceived. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because I'm like, you know, as a, as a, as a ministry, Mercy, like that's what we're all about. We're all about getting to the root. We're always about like asking the Lord, where did this start? Where did this begin? Cause that's where we need to focus our time and energy, not on the behavior issues that we're dealing with today, but more the root stuff. And so I'm just, I don't know, Brooke, if you have thoughts on that, just like, why is this not something even like in the church, I've never heard this yeah. mentioned. And I know this attachments can be such a can be almost more tied to the mental health world more. Oh, that's more of a clinical thing that, you know, but it's not brought into, like you said, our everyday conversations or even yeah. just things that we look at or talk about in the church. So I don't know. I don't know if you have thoughts on why. Yeah. I have some thoughts that I won't share on here because they'll oh. be recorded. Um, and I would like to keep my job. If you've been listening, then you know that it must be pretty bad. <laughs> I think, I mean, all joking aside, I think that, you know, it can seem complicated for one. It yeah. can also, I think the reaction you had is the reaction that most people have especially after you've already had a kid. If you're like, wait, <laughs> oh. what? You know, uh -huh. like, I mean, and I'll just pick on myself. I mean, guys, the second I found out I was pregnant, which I, we had zero expectations. It was quite the surprise, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was like, I've never eaten so healthy my whole life. Because I was like, if this kid's messed up, it's not because I did anything. That's right. <laughs> and then, of course, as the parental expert, I'm like, oh, no, if it's messed up, it's because I did something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of ownership that comes on it. I think there's also, you know, it is a little complicated. But I'm with you, Melanie. I, it is a little, I don't know if disappointing is the right word, that we we don't understand this more as the big C church, because obviously, by the way, and we all know this, the way that you attach is the way you attach to God. Yeah. This is how you That's right. Your father, you know, That's so we right. talk about that a lot in the church. Like, well, if you didn't have a great father, it's really hard to understand, you know, the concept of, you know, but here's the thing. What if I understood the reason I don't, I have a tough time attaching to God is because this was my attachment style with mm -hmm. my family sure. and how does that play out with my relationship with the Lord? Like it yeah. gives a lot of parameters to help you dive into, like yeah. you and I were talking about just earlier, like, gosh, you know, here it's great, but over here it can get a little weird and who knew that was my tendency and kind of, sure. but that makes sense. You know, it really can give some, some great context for, where maybe how we pursue the Lord or how we feel like he pursues us, mm -hmm. you know, or what we avoid in intimacy with him, you know, so which at the end of the day, that's the ultimate 
point of all right. of this is yeah. like, because if we can be good with God, everybody else is going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I just, I just think it's a little complicated. I think it's nuanced. And I just, I don't think the church is, I think a lot of times the church will stop at the surface. Like mm. they'll stop at like, well, yeah, how you experience your dad is how you experience God. But there's not like that, as you, Melanie, talk about, like, there's not that practical piece of like, okay, but then what? Like, what do I do with that? How do I figure that out and understand it? Sure. Um, so anyway, and I think, yeah, it's just kind of in a clinical world thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, that we all do. and We are bound and determined <laughs> to stop yes. making only. That's right. That's, yes. my, that's, yes. that's my dream that's right there it. that the church would actually lead yeah. <laughs> these conversations. And we really should be. Um, but yeah, but there's a lot of fear. I mean, you know, I'm picking on that. I ate healthier than I ever did, but I was also like, every time I felt anxious, I was like, am I going to, is this it? I'm going to, you know, my kid's going to have ADHD. Like what's going to happen? You know, like there's a lot of anxiety (laughs) that comes into it when you're, you know, in charge of a life. Gosh. So so sometimes those of us just want to avoid that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. true. Well, you mentioned those styles and then what was kind of, fun slash interesting slash scary <laughs> no uh was you sent us a quiz and so mel and i got to take a little quizzy quiz um kind of giving a little bit of background and there there's more detail and in-depth to that but um get letting us kind of know hey what from our childhood you know could have led to where we are functioning in now and just kind of which from what- by the way i didn't know that the quiz like that the the options for the results of the quiz was basically there's one healthy and there's three not so healthy. Right. I thought it was going to be like the Enneagram where I'm like, which style am I? No, it's like, you really only want to be one style. That's right. right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just well, one goal. I feel yeah, you. Like, oh, man. Yes. I feel you on that very deeply. Yes. <laughs> so, so mine was a little bit more um, anxious, preoccupied, definitely had some in the secure area, but for sure, uh, not gonna lie, some unhealth there in that in that other region. Um, but would love to know, and Mel, you can hop in here and share yours too. But maybe Brooke, if you could give like a couple snapshot examples of what growing up could have looked like for some of these. And you don't have to go into depth, but like if somebody experienced, you know, like that dismissive avoidant kind of thing that you talked about, what could have led to that growing up? And again, there's no perfect parents. So please, if you hear this and you're like, that was me and I messed my kid up for their whole (laughs) life. Like this is not meant to send you down, you know, a a dark black hole. (laughs) It's, it's, so don't go there. Um, No, that's really good. But would love to have you come on that. And Mel, what was yours again? We were very similar, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My, my like closest relationships all landed in the secure uh, quadrant, but, um, like friendships and even it's, it even mentioned like my general style of attachment was closer to that anxious preoccupied, which was the same as yours, uh, Rachel. And I don't know if now that you have read this and have studied it a little bit, if there are things that you have identified, cause there's some stuff I've identified a little bit from your own growing up that you're like, Oh yeah. yeah. Not that we want to throw all of our families under the bus right no, now. But no, but- <laughs> are there things that you noticed or recognized? For Yeah, for sure. I think kind of this idea of um, always coming back to to feeling like, is there something that I'm not doing right? It was very, you know, it's funny because you look at it now and and there is a lot of me-centered focus to it, even though it, it feels like this low self-worth or this low self-esteem. But a lot of it was like, I can't be okay unless everybody else is okay yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so really um, 
if, you know, one of my parents were stressed out or, and that was a lot of what it was growing up, you know, it, I, I just remember, I, it was like, I would, I mean, as, as even as like a, you know, eight or nine year old staying up late thinking what I could do to make it less crazy the next day. And, and please don't hear me wrong. I had wonderful parents, but there's no perfect parents. None of us are. And so I see that now how that plays out, even in my relationships with friends, like you said, Melanie, of where I'll have those late nights and be like, what can I do to fix all the things? And, and sometimes there are things that need to be repaired. And then sometimes it means me being okay with us having a disagreement and seeing from a different point of view. So mm -hmm. those things for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I thought it was interesting because as I was reflecting on it, I just thought, man, you know, again, of course my parents were not perfect. Um, and there were different things that we've, you know, I've identified like, Oh yeah, this is, this was a thing. This was <laughs> right. a thing. Yes. But like, as far as this piece went, like, I was like, I just can't, I feel extremely secure and I feel like I've always felt very secure in my connections and my relationship with my mom and my dad, same with my, with my spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, but where I was kind of starting to lean the other way was more in just like friendships and other close relationships. And I remember thinking, yeah, because that's where I've experienced a lot of my own like rejection mm. and abandonment has been in friendships, like when I was younger, you know? Sure. So I remember we were talking about this before the show. I was like, Brooke, does it always have to just go back to mom and dad? And that was helpful to be like, no, 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 it doesn't. There's other relationships that are significant in your life that affects the way you attach. So for me, I was like, 100% did I experience, you know, some of that just rejection and pain in relationships, you know, kind of in those awful years of life, like adolescent years, teen years. <laughs> Bless it, Lord. Uh -huh. You mean five years old until now. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but that, it like wounded me so much that it yeah. made me terrified to ever feel that way again. And so I do, I'm like, Hey, real talk y'all. Like I do, I struggle with the fear of being abandoned by friends Mm. And, and I rarely, if, and when it ever does happen, cause let's be honest, people aren't perfect. And I have kind of felt rejection from wonderful people in my life. I always assume it's my fault. Like I always assume it's because of something I did. It was, I wasn't worthy. I didn't prove I didn't, whatever. It was always, it's always about me. So I know that like Brooke, as you've been explaining this specific style, this anxious preoccupied is like, a lot of times it does go back to that self-esteem place of like, it's me, right. it's my fault, or I don't deserve to be loved, or I don't, you know, it's like, it goes back to a lot of that. So I identified with that piece. Yeah. Well, and as I mentioned, you know, mine was the disappointment. And so, which I laugh now, again, when we get to the conflict episode, it'll, it'll Oh girl, I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, cause in a piece of mine, it's interesting cause you can have, like your parents may have provided a very secure lifestyle as far as I had my needs met, you know, and, and I love what you mentioned, Rachel, like this, we're not going to extremes here. This is just general people existing in the world, right? So obviously if you grew up unsafe or in trauma or anything like that, you know, so if, if, if that's how it was, you can kind of look at these as either way, like we're all born with a tendency. Mm -hmm. And so whatever then happened in those scenarios is going to be our tendency, you right. know, um, and so I think that as you dive into some healing, it's really interesting to know where you pull and it's not just somebody, it's not 
somebody's fault that I, you know, I was dismissive avoidant and you, you know, somebody else tends to go to anxious, right? It just kind of, there's a, there's just a natural tendency that we all have. Right. Um, and then when we are in stress or unhealth, that's where we're going to go. Um, and so anyway, but just from a general aspect, yeah, like my, you know, parents, did all the things I was safe, you know, I, I didn't worry about intruders. Like I never had any of that stuff. But again, as the preacher's kid, I had to fight for every bit of time I got every bit of, you know, and so it really got to a point where it was, you know, I'm not going to be hurt by this. Wow. Like I'm just not. So I, you know, I'm actually was relatively sensitive. Um, and so, you know, not, it's kind of weird. I say sensitive, like I can, I'd feel people's, issues I'd feel those things but then it was like I'm not carrying all this <laughs> just you know and just have a tendency to go that direction um or if there was a place of like you know if I don't feel heard or if I don't feel like you know if, if I'm just picking on my dad you know if he'd come home and be like well you didn't do x y and z and I'm like oh no let's talk about what you didn't do like that, <laughs> let's go. that's where we're going we're not yeah. talking about me yeah <laughs> That sort of thing, you know, but, you know, the one section we didn't talk about was, was the fearful Mm. avoidant. And my mom was very much that I would have never considered her to be fearful. So I want to be clear that you don't, you may not ever think you're anxious or be like, I'm not fearful. But if you look at this in the context of how you connect with people, she was just like, let's just make everybody okay. And then she had me and my dad who were both like, pioneer aggressive crazy people (laughs) so you know so she would avoid conflict at all costs which then would you know send me off because I'm like you're not you're not standing up so I guess if you're not going to do it then I'm going to go handle it you know and so that's it's a way that we protect ourselves too you know um so anyway yeah so that I think that covers kind of all four of them I feel like we gave yeah so why should you donate to mercy multiplied Well, it's simple. God has called us to be a part of a cause greater than ourselves. I love Nancy's vision and heartbeat for Mercy Multiplied, and I've seen the lives changed. I love that they offer these first class, amazing facilities free of charge to these young women um, to teach them um, the value that they have in God's eyes and what it looks like to live a better and best version of the life God's called them to live. But that's gotta come by some of us in the background supporting those who are on the front lines living life day in and day out with these young women and helping them take the next step. One of my songs is called Do Something and it talks about um, the story of somebody like me maybe standing around uh, looking at the injustices of the world and, and saying, Lord, why don't you do something about it? Meanwhile, we come to realize that perhaps God's response is, I did, I created you. Are we gonna do something? Are we gonna support the ministry of Mercy Multiplied so that it can keep going on and multiplying the lives changed? Uh, It's up to us to do something about that. I love to hear even um, just from your different experiences and going like, okay, this is good to know that like, there's no perfect experience. You know, I mean, obviously we live in a fallen world and God somehow in his, divine plan is asked us crazy humans to raise other humans but i say all this to say it's in this the whole worst. time <laughs> lord, please lord i don't know give us all the grace um but in this attachment like 
discussion, one voice that I have grown to really, really enjoy and love in the last couple of months, and Brooke, you and Mel were like fans of him before I even knew he existed, is Dan Siegel. And I know you've talked about his books quite a bit, and he uses this phrase that I love because, again, listening, once you dive into this, y'all, you're going to immediately start thinking of all the bajillion things that you've done wrong. And you're like, oh my gosh, have I messed up my kids, my husband, my best friend, my, I mean, who have I like injured? And, and so Pretty sure I like actually texted both of you while I was reading the book and I was like, <laughs> well, I've already messed up one kid. Oh yes. Yes. I literally, literally, and I'm not kidding. Like I'm, I'm going through, I mean, transparent here, going through some counseling now. And one of the sessions a couple weeks ago was like, after I had read a couple intense chapters in this book. And I was like, I think I messed up my youngest kid and we're beyond repair and all this stuff. Uh, But I say all this to say he, Dan Siegel uses this phrase that I love and it's called uh, repairing the breach. So uh it's not about being perfect. It's not about going through life and going, man, I like, didn't, I didn't make any wrong moves or wrong choices because I think we can make wrong choices without even knowing that we're doing it. But he says it's really how quickly you're going back and you're repairing that relationship. And Brooke, I would just love to hear more on that. Even from you, like that concept to me is so freeing because it's like, wow, I don't have to be perfect (laughs) because I'm not on my own. You know, obviously we need the Lord, but even on my best days, I still need Jesus. So have you seen this kind of work out, I guess, in your own life, maybe even in healing, like some really, really messy things that you've seen along the way in your work? I'm just trying to think even in the context of, you know, if somebody's been through a traumatic event, right? The, mm-hmm. the event is, is traumatic, but how everybody handles it is usually what entrenches the sorrow and the trauma. Yeah. Okay. And so with that same concept is things can be handled well, or they can be handled poorly. But once you recognize, you know, Oh, you know what? I'm not handling this so great. And you do something about it. What an incredible gift that is to your kids, to your spouse, to your family. Um, you know, and I think that it's really just being able to be humble in that and and not, you know, because we talk about this like with Enneagram, you're like, well, I'm a eight. So, you know, like, and you're not supposed to do that, right? Well, it's the same thing with attachment. It's you, it, there are ways to connect and push towards a secure attachment. There are things that you can do. And especially if you're parenting, you are not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But what is a cool thing that we can be intentional about is noticing our kids. What are their personalities? You know, what do they need from us? If I respond this way, how are they responding, right? So some kids, you can just look at them some kind of way. And they're like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. You know, other kids like mine, we have to have a full court trial, you know, for because we're the same. Um, and, you know, to do, you know, the back and forth and the logic and all of that. But what I've learned, like with him is, I can't annihilate him. I have to let him be strong without break, you know, but I have to correct without breaking his will. And that's always, that's just a daily balance. You know, it's, it's being able to just pick up the pieces. Like if we're talking about in the context of parenting, but even if in spousal or friends, just relationships in general, if you're like, you know what, I really, really messed that up, that we go, huh, I really messed that up, and then go and kind of figure out why. Like, what about that conversation I just couldn't let go? What about that conversation did I just feel like I had to annihilate that person? Or what about that conversation made me feel like I'm not good enough and I need to 
try harder in different ways to try and get them to like me or that all of a sudden I was like, never mind, I don't want to, I don't want to have intimacy with you. You know, like just taking the time to do that and then adjusting because that's all that life is, is adjusting. <laughs> if we have learned anything from the pandemic. From 2020. Mm-hmm. From okay. all of 20. Yeah. I'm like, you know, okay. the tornadoes, the hurricanes, yes. the fires, yes. the, you know, the quarantine, all of that. Death the and destruction pandemic. all around us. Yeah. You know, yeah. what are we like we, we just have to adjust and giving ourselves grace in that. I think that's the biggest piece is when we settle in and we decide to feel bad about ourselves, we decide to be, you know, to, to sit in our sorrow with it and not actually be like, oh, okay, let me just adjust and move on. You know, when we let the enemy meet us in that place of failure and tell us it's a failure versus no, like this is just, oh, didn't do that great. <laughs> Let's do it differently you know, that's where things fall apart. It's never about acting right all of the time. It's about when you realize you're not, are you humble enough to dig in and then go, okay, let me figure this out and do better the next time. That's so good. It's making me think, so kind of more directly towards all of you who are parents, you know, when it comes to that idea that you were just talking about, Rachel, like, and, you know, Brooke, you just, you pointing out like, this world is a real scary place. Mm-hmm. And if one of the greatest things that we do for our kids is we prepare them to be part of this crazy, messy world, it's making me think back to a conversation that we had with our counselor a few years ago when we decided we want to start having kids. And like, you know, I've wanted a kid my whole life. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to have kids. Can't wait to have kids. And we're sitting, we're sitting there in that session and I start like falling apart <laughs> and our counselor's like, are you sure you're ready for this? And I was like, yes, I just really don't want to screw up people. And I'm afraid we're just going to screw people up. I'm going to screw <laughs> them up. He's going to screw them up. You know, like, I'm like, really, I'm like really feeling the weight of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he looked at me and said, probably the greatest thing he could have possibly said to me in that moment. And he goes, Yeah. You are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it was, it was the most freeing thing that I could have heard. It was like, yeah. all of a sudden I felt a burden lifted. And he even said, and this is why what you guys were talking about made me think of this. He was like, the greatest gift that you give your kids is not a perfect parent. That's mm-hmm. actually not the best gift yeah. that you can give them. The best gift that you can give them is a parent who will wound them, but then comes back and repairs. Man. Because they're going to get wounded. Yeah. And they need to know, like you said, Brooke, just the, the way that you handle the wounding is actually more important than the original wounding itself. Yep. And so that has, I've had to go back to that so many times. And as, as I read about this topic, I was like, oh God, you know, <laughs> um, it's just, it, it, there's a lot of weight on parents, especially now because we know so many things. Like we just know there's a lot of stuff for us to know now about parenting and what to do and what not to do and how you're going to screw your kids up and how you're not. And so I think for us to just be able to have that understanding that the ability to repair, I remember, I think it was sweet Ellie Holcomb who like was doing one of our events one time. And I remember she said something like we were just talking behind the stage or something. It was this random conversation. And she said, what I've learned is that the greatest gift a parent can give their children is confession. Wow. And I just was like, wow, you know, just that ability to, to wound and then repair is actually the greatest gift 
that yeah. you can give your kids. So I don't know if anybody, if any other parents out there are like, oh God, are feeling that, you know, I hope that what we shared over these last few minutes has been encouraging and helpful and knowing that guess what? You are going to mess up yeah. and you yeah. have your kid. Yeah. And it's how you repair on the back end. That's most important. So yeah. Anyway. Okay. Every so, time, every time you do just put 50 bucks in that counseling savings account. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's what I do. I was like, well, Scott, we're going to need to double that. <laughs> double that one up. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I think that's actually what I said was like, the only reason people are on counseling couches like this is because of their parents. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I have a job, guys. But you know what? Like, the, here's the truth is that, like, it is so, it feels like a perfect parent. It feels like if I could just get that down, like, you know, I would, again, I would have the greatest gift, or it's what my kids would be looking for. But I think, and I heard so much of this in what both of you were saying, is that, like, the gospel is that I don't have. I can't do this on my own. Like, I don't have this figured out, whether it's, you know, emotionally, relationally, whatever. I mean, I need Jesus and he is able to come in and to do the things that I cannot do on my own. I think this message of perfection, um, you know, is just like, of course, glorified in our society today. Like what, you know, if you can just reach this place of, you know, having it all together. And the truth is, and we've talked about this here, you know, at Mercy, like, we don't have it all together. Like we're not on our own. Like we're not enough. We need Jesus. Like we need the Lord. And so much of this, anyways, when you were both speaking, I heard that and they're just like, man, what, a, what better way to like come back and fall on your face before God and just say, help me Lord. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know, you know, truly. And it is humbling because I think of going back to my son and, or my daughters and going, I messed up and like apologizing to my four-year-old, which I have done like a billion times this week, <laughs> you know, but, but again, setting that, that, um, yeah. that standard up for, Hey, like, what if, what if you went out and lived your life this way too? Like, what if you were not afraid to apologize? Like mm-hmm. how would that impact them for good? So anyways, just, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, if people are thinking, oh, how did this just turn into a parenting podcast? That's not, right. that was not the intent. No. <laughs> Let's go back to attachments. But I think, Rachel, I'm really glad that you kind of added this into this outline was just to address that parenting piece because I just truly like the, the little bit that I've been able to dive into this, man, was there a lot of mom guilt and mom shame already sitting on me heavy. And so I was glad that you added this in because I needed to hear it. If anyone else, if no one else did, I did. Um <laughs> So, um, but, you know, as we're signing off today, let's just kind of go back to this, you know, what we were talking about in light of attachments. And we always love to give you guys some practical things to take away. And I would just encourage you to, you know, kind of reflect on, reflect on the significant relationships that you've had in your life, maybe even specifically from some of those younger childhood years, your parents, um, or, or significant others, um, spouses, um, close friendships, um, and maybe just ask the Lord as you're reflecting on those relationships, like, Lord, are there, are there any lies that I've believed, especially ones like from an early age, um, because of like past woundings, past hurts, um, and what, what do you say to those hurts, and what do you say to those lies? Um, another great question to ask is just, Lord, like how can, for those needs that maybe weren't ever met, 
how do you want to meet those needs? What does it look like for me to let you meet those needs in me? Um, and then another good one, which this is never the one that anybody wants to ask, <laughs> but like to ask the Lord if there's any areas of bitterness that you're still holding in your heart, um, whether it's, you know, even in words you say, actions, or just attitudes of your heart towards the people that have hurt me. Um, do, is there some forgiveness I might need to walk through? <laughs> Again, yeah. nobody ever wants to ask that question, but it's a really good one. It's a really important one. Um, and just how, you know, how can I allow you to be um, the perfect judge that you are and me step out of that place of judgment? Um, because there's a lot of freedom that comes from that release, guys. So yeah. much freedom. So. so true. So true. Brooke, do you have anything else that you'd love to, you know, just one more like practical takeaway or anything to kind of wrap us up before we head out here no actually I, I love everything we covered because it was I mean I was literally thinking I said that the part of our disappointment is that we set an expectation that can never be met and then we're disappointed when we never meet it and so I think probably that's a shirt, parent, guys that's a shirt in parenting we do it for sure and in you know our spousal relationships but you're right like even if this turned into a parenting thing for you and you're like Ugh, go back I mean I think it's important though to hear because it's still how you view others how you view your own experience as a child how you view you know your experience if you have ever going to have kids like it all mm -hmm. matters and I love just what you tied into just those questions Melanie of mm -hmm. just going into the Lord and being like how does how do how does how do other people affect me? How am I affecting them? And how am I experience, experiencing the world? Um, and just taking time to figure that out. And then what are the expectations I'm setting that are just not possible? Because you will always be disappointed, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, anyway, I just, I love that we did this. I can't wait, honestly, for the rest of them. So yes. Yes. I'm We're trying so to hold it all in. I want to talk about <laughs> it now, but I'm not. Yes. <laughs> It's good. Brooke is the one that like helped really kind of steer us in this direction for this season because it had been a long overdue conversation that we needed to kind of incorporate into just some of the things we were talking about. So join us next time because we're going to dive into some conflict conversation here. <laughs> Brooke's like, yes. <laughs> Rachel and me are like, no. No, I didn't mind this. <laughs> so whichever end of the spectrum you're on or if you're in the middle, we hope you will join us next time here on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com. <laughs>